0: Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard. My name is Jason Speece, Sean Forbes guest host, filling in for Sterling, who is back in Fargo taking care of his three women in his house, his wife and his two daughters. And uh, how's Sean Forbes today? I'm great. Enjoying the conference?
1: I am enjoying the conference. I stayed out a little late last night, but I'm here, bright-eyed. Ready to go?
0: Some of us had, uh, you know, work last night and tear down the booth and get things right. Not tear down the booth completely, but so anyway, we'll talk about that another time. How's (laughs) Kyle Barnoff doing today? I'm good. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Trigger Energy. What's Trigger Energy? Give us the shortened version first.
2: So, Trigger Energy. We do pressure control valves and uh, well heads and production side stuff, rack stuff. But you know, really, we're a technology company and. just changing the way that we frack actually
0: how's the conference going for you
2: oh it's great it's nice to be up here back in north dakota it's been way too long with COVID, so nice to be back in north dakota where i cut my teeth and excited to be here on your show man i i I don't know if i told you but used to listen to you driving the roads in north dakota and headed to frac sites and always uh always dreamt of being on his show one day, so really excited to be here. Thanks. Oh, wow, you're the one. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to meet that one fan I had. Alright. Hey, look at that. It's
0: so the day guy. you've been waiting for, it, Jason. <laughs> I just thought it was my cousin sending me those emails. Anyways. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very humbling to hear that. Uh, it's nice to hear. We've had a few people stop by the booth and say similar things. Where you know, cause We're on radio stations all over the Bakken, and so I never yeah. know how people listen. Half of them are podcasts the other half are radio stations the other half is just me listening to me at a bar or a <laughs> coffee shop talking you know uh i did want to ask you about your journey a little bit so you're colorado you're in the bach and where else what other uh, uh states and other shale plays and non-shale plays have you been a part of because you're with software i imagine you go beyond shale plays then
2: well we do uh, like conventional
0: the- unconventional sorry
2: <laughs> uh, we do the uh, pressure control side. So oh, my bad. Yeah, I not, not really in the software game. No, you're good, like wellheads and uh, frag stacks and stuff. But, um, no, I started in uh, Pennsylvania, grew up there, went to oh. school there, got to know Marcellus through internships and stuff, and then uh, got an opportunity out in Colorado for a year and then came up to the Bach and, and learned how to – rack up here uh, so um, also worked in Uinta Basin a little bit Ohio Ohio uh, down in Texas uh, you know a little bit opening up a cement yard down there um, so I've been kind of all around and I uh, got to experience most of the basins through my career so very thankful for that um, yeah see, Trigger, oh, I go was going to
1: say you worked for a frack companies in the past yeah. that did actual pressure pumping yep. but now you're more on the equipment side
2: Yeah, so yeah, we do like the, uh, you know, the the reason I came in the Trigger side is uh, Trigger in like 2016, they started and they were one of the first people to do the monobores that you see today. So really increase the efficiency of of, uh, the frag sites and and, like how you frag. So, um, in terms of what? So, i don't know if you're familiar with like the frac iron the traditional frac iron like the 1502 connection
1: Mm-hmm. it's very expensive i tried to buy some <laughs> once and yeah. then i decided it was probably just a good idea to rent it
2: yeah yeah like a whole <laughs> fleet of frac iron is like yes. millions of dollars right. right yeah and you've got hundreds of pieces and this 1502 connections is basically like a little nut you tighten up and um you know it's it was designed for day fracks right when you go out you have to take uh, a bunch of iron out to pump on on a well, and your frac's only a day long, so it needs to be light so you can rig it up quickly, rig it down, whatnot. And uh, you know, today we're just doing we're doing pad fracs. It's totally different, and I think it requires a completely different solution, which is uh, which is the monobore. bore allows you to swap wells quicker. Uh, you know, we do swaps and five minutes compared to like 30 minutes uh, originally, and uh, Trigger is one of the first companies to, to do it in, in uh, Wyoming, and a lot of people haven't heard of them because they just kind of came up, you know, word of mouth is how they've gotten business, and last year I came on to help them kind of get a name more in the industry and continue to develop the technology that uh, got them, you know, a bunch of business in the first place. Yeah, that's awesome, because time is money, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think we did like uh, some of our customers see 500 more stages a year. I, I talked to one of the uh, frac companies we work with, and I think he's a little overzealous, but he says he can replace an entire frac crew just with the uh, just with the iron that we're able to provide and this increased efficiency by like eliminating frac rig ups and um, really slowing or quicking speeding up that. Uh, the swap time between stages.
0: That's awesome. More stickers coming in to put on the Crude Life hard hat planters <laughs>
2: here. We just had another... We, we just started that, right? Uh, we just started
0: we just it. Started and all of a sudden,
2: it. you know, that's where
0: I went. So I apologize. I didn't <laughs> listen to that. Sean, continue the interview because I got to go put a few stickers up on the hard hats here as the infectious Crude Life booth is happening at the Williston Basin Conference. So continue, Sean Forbes. <laughs>
1: yeah. So where where are your shops or where what basins do you guys support yes
2: we started in Wyoming uh, by a guy named Leroy Dickinson he's worked all throughout the Rockies and the pressure control side and our customers brought his customers brought him to uh, North Dakota opened up a shop in Vernal and uh, opened up a shop in, in Texas in Midland so um, yeah expanded quickly through word of mouth and I think uh, I'm really excited for what we're doing in the future here and uh, hopefully we can expand further uh, from that.
1: Yeah, how's it, how's it going in the Permian? That seems to be the busiest basin at the yeah. moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're just establishing ourselves. We've brought on some new uh, new members down there to uh, help us expand. But, you know, we've got some steady work and looking to uh, looking to grow that. It's one of our main areas of growth uh, this year. It's nice to see, you know, we've been visiting all during COVID, and, and uh, it's nice to see things starting to pick up down there again. Traffic starting to, to pick up, activity starting to pick up. So. I'm excited what, for premium.
0: What's your biggest objection you're getting from people when it comes to your services and your products? Getting them into the in, in, into the marketplace? What, what what are you finding is the biggest obstacle, hurdle?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle is, you know, I have to go back to kind of this, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the sandbox era, where we kind of changed how we delivered sand.
0: Sandbox era? Yeah. What's that? That sounds cool.
2: That's... uh, The dump trucks. Yeah, (laughs) like how you deliver sand, like how you get sand to location. I mean, the hurdle's the same kind of as it was now, as it was then. We're we're looking at changing you know, we we're starting to change the way that we frack and frack companies traditionally, you know, really don't like to give up Sean's not in their Deviate. Career. They don't like to deviate from yeah. their design that yeah. they
1: think works, but you exactly. know, it's educating you know, new technologies or new methods, new yep. tools.
2: Yep. Yep. And I've been there, you know, it's a, uh, it's a combination of things, but yeah, I think you said it pretty well. You're also given up a little bit of control too. And it's uh, it's something that's, it's a tough change, right? They already have all this money invested in their frac iron now. So yeah, what, why change, right? Yeah. But Cause it uh, takes an
1: engineer how long to design a frac setup, you know, so they would have to basically completely redesign their procedures and, and processes.
2: Yeah, I mean, as far right. as like deploying us versus, uh, really not a ton of engineering that uh, anyone has to do, but it's it's definitely like a step change in the frac crew's operations. But honestly, you can you can reduce headcount on the frac side um, just from some of the increased efficiencies you get. You don't have the rig up piece like we come out, rig up all the iron for the operator, so it's ready to go, and the frac uh, the frac company just has to back up and, and wing on. So you know the frac. The uh, the rig ups right you got hundreds of pieces of iron originally you got to piece them all together and then um, are you are you familiar with the hammer test you ever heard the hammer test no so is that like hammer time is it like a like a
1: hydro <laughs> test but with the kick too the legit,
0: kick to, the kick test too legit to flip <laughs>
2: <that>. <laughs> yeah I mean it, I wish it was that much fun we're all dancing in frs out there on the, on the frac site but no the hammer test oh now is you're like, giving
0: me an idea for a
2: video <laughs> but go on. All right. <laughs>
1: Dance
0: sequence. Dance sequence. Round two.
2: Sequence. Round two. <laughs> 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 so the hammer test. I mean, prestige worldwide. Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Got to have fun. Got to have fun. That's <laughs> part, part of the play hard about.
0: portion here. So go yeah, on. Yeah.
2: So the hammer test. It's just this archaic way of determining that your that your frac iron is tight enough to pump fifteen thousand psi through So what we did is we ring all these up and then we hammer them to tighten them up. And then afterwards you got hundreds of connections and you're not I mean you think you hammer all of them but you got to make sure so what we did is we go around on the frac site and hammer hundreds of connections and listen for a, a ping and that tells us that it's tight and okay to pump like 10 to 15,000 psi through um, just seems it sounds like a
1: sophisticated <laughs> torque method
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah is it sound or what yeah, sound waves you, you just you're relying on the sound of the guy who's, who's hitting it right. right? So, but I mean, it's the ping, right? It's, it's the ping. But like, yeah. how reliable is that? I, I don't know. That's right? why I'm wondering. Mean, yeah. Yeah. You got these. You always got new guys coming in. It's not really measurable. Right? So that's why you know I think switching to flanged iron is so much safer, right? Because you're not relying on a guy to ping. We're tightening bolts, and we have like a.
0: This sounds that's to short, me like right. the night and day... Torque spec.
2: Torque spec, yeah. Yes. I mean, it makes but, sense, right? The night right, and totally. day
0: technology of the builder taking his hand and just hitting a wall until he found a stud, yeah, and then taking an actual stud finder yeah. and finding the stud. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's what it sounds like to me, that night and day of the advancements of technology. Yeah, it's a, so. great,
2: it's a great analogy. And this iron's been around for years. We yeah. pump, uh, you know, we've used it for wellheads for years. All the API spec stuff that's been around, proven. So um, just Sounds like a huge safety... Measure. Huge safety improvement, yep. yeah, on top of all the efficiency improvements. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like a no-brainer, I think, but uh, it, like I said, that's so that's the barrier is trying to get everyone to say, oh, yeah, like this makes sense and we're going to overcome these control barriers that we kind of have with the frag crews and um, kind of the adoption thing, right, just yeah. getting over that hurdle. I like but, it. Uh, sounds yeah. like
1: you're solving some problems or yeah. some at least uh, some concerns, right, with... Safety. Yeah. And time. You're saving time.
0: Saving time, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So
0: talk to me about the regulation side. Yeah. And, you know, because Texas, North Dakota, Colorado, three different regulatory ideas. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And in North Dakota, there's even, you know, there's tax money to incentivize behaviors and and business directional movings. Uh, Colorado, same thing. Um, There's a little more aggressive. There's is more, you got to do this or don't do it. North Dakota's is, you you know, we'll we'll help pay some if you do this. And Texas... The last interview i think what did he say if you want good resistance go down to west texas yes yeah
1: <laughs> introducing new products yeah, and if want, new technologies <laughs> if you, want, if you
0: want to go to the meat grinder go down to the permian i guess so uh talk to me about the whole regulation side because you mentioned safety several times yeah anytime we're dealing with the mission management or anything to do with vapors immediately regulations comes into play and now a lot a lot of governments are even incentivizing and doing other things is there anything like does that play into it at all with you
2: yeah absolutely i mean everything from reducing the number of trucks you have on the road to number of personnel on on site and even with the efficiency gains i mean you get reduction in carbon emissions right because you're using less diesel because you need less frac crews to frac so you know like uh even if you do like even if you're able to gain the efficiencies to reduce your frac crews by a third or a half i mean that's that's huge reduction in the number of people you have going to the location, number of miles driven um, with tanks and uh, extra frag crews. And less
1: possibility for incidents, yeah, for sure.
2: less possibility for incidents. Um, and also there's, there's a huge safety benefit too, like we mentioned with those 1502 connections. You don't need restraints. You don't have guys hitting themselves in the shins with hammers. Um, hmm. And we have rig-up crews who are experienced rigging up. They do it in a uh, very very low amount of time they're experienced with overhead loads and um yeah just just a lot a lot of uh esg benefits uh, uh there in addition to the the carbon reduction from being more efficient and and that doesn't you know those numbers don't even get into like uh simul fracking i'm sure you've heard of simul simops yeah uh yeah like on the frack site when you're fracking like multiple wells mm-hmm. at the same time uh, that that doesn't even take that into account i mean if you added added uh if your basin's able to do that uh, you know if your frack operations can can accommodate uh, simul frac, you, you just probably double the uh the amount of efficiency you see um the numbers that that i just threw out there so
1: that's scary for reservoir engineers to hear right <laughs> <Are you laughs> i know almost right yeah. like
2: it's very frack exciting engineers. to get more efficient at the same time like i feel like uh, it's kind of scary if you work in the industry but uh, you know, it's, it's part of the fun of it though is to bring new solutions and, and get better and always be on the leading edge is a little motivation to you know, make sure that we're providing the best, best most efficient uh, service every day so
1: for sure where are you based?
2: I'm out of Denver
1: you are? okay
2: yeah, yeah I think we were me too. found out yeah. that we ran into each other at one point. Yeah, I think the last company you worked for, too.
1: I think, or just maybe at, you know, industry events around town, yeah. probably.
2: It's easy to do, right? It's yeah. It's a small little oil field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: How's uh, COVID been for you?
2: Uh, COVID was great. We were able to, uh, uh, myself, or, I mean, the company was great. We, we uh, kind of hunkered down. I mean, uh, not fantastic, right? We definitely uh, lost lost some business, people just shutting down, but uh, we hunkered down and developed uh, our, our ready frack system, which was includes our missile and uh, you know filed filed the patent for that. And that's part of the reason I said we were a technology company in the beginning, because mm-hmm. um, we just have very open-minded, forward-looking people, got a lot of firepower on our board and in our operations. And when we decided to make this missile, uh, we sat down on the drawing board and between the time we kind of drew out the first time, had it mocked up and started to file the patent. I mean, that was like two weeks.
1: <laughs> Do you think COVID gave you guys an opportunity with a little bit of downtime to be able to dedicate some effort to this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it's uh, absolutely without COVID. I mean, if you're doing normal operations every day, like it's, sometimes it's kind of tough to set aside the time. You know to do that but yeah definitely sped it up i would say yeah for sure time well spent yeah i mean you got to use the time as as you can right so yep. all right i got
0: one last question here and then we'll let you plug your business and sure. make sure people know how to give you some business yeah you mentioned uh, technology a couple times and i want to say the second story i did or the first story i can't remember the shovels you know the back when the gold boom happened it was the people that sold the shovels and the picks that made money yeah I did a similar story like that in the Bakken. Mm-hmm. And that was either my first story or second story. But the other story is that this is not an oil boom. It's a technology boom. It's driven by oil, but the real winners are going to be those that come up with a new technology on how to extract and harvest the oil. Yep. You're nodding your head, so normally I just say, what does that mean to you? <laughs> and it apparently means a lot to you. So it's it's me just kind of going back to that story and that statement i made back in 2012 which is this is a technology boom not an
2: oil boom so
0: uh just baton handed to you and just elaborate on that if you wouldn't mind
2: yeah i mean i was i think i was very lucky to start in around 2012 up here and you know i started on the frac site boots on the ground and i saw a lot of things that you know i thought could be improved things that ended up becoming companies right like viable companies and with trigger it's been very very uh i'm very lucky to come into a company with a lot of firepower like i said in the board and um, we're looking at every day like how do we improve the efficiency of frack operations because every additional stage you can pumping hour you can squeeze out of a day just means that you're more efficient the the uh the operator is getting better return on on their investment thousands of
1: dollars what's that thousands of dollars oh yeah thousands per stage yeah Yeah, savings
2: absolutely and and um you know Today, we're looking at how we um, reduce valves without using, you know, some of those crane arm systems. How do we reduce the greasing costs, which is another big one. So we're always looking at you know, not only how do we bring in revenue by deploying new technology, but how do we reduce the cost to our customer and increase their efficiency? And, uh, you know, we got some exciting things that I can't talk about. I w- really wish <laughs> I could, but uh, we're yeah, like I said, reducing valves Um Increasing automation getting people out of the red zone using some uh, some different techniques that are out there right now And uh, I'm really excited for the future and really excited to be a part of uh, part of trigger in the industry still So
0: I brought that up too because I just want to mention that, you know When I did that story Part of the the gist of it was the transition from these guys aren't slinging chains anymore Yeah, you know that that old day of slinging chains is gone. Yeah, And the reason I wanted to bring that up again is because it's not that so much that the jobs are going away. They're just changing. True. They're just changing. So in 2014 through 16, we did a ton of stories on how the trade schools need to be filled up because that's where the jobs are. That's where they're at right now. So if people would have gone then when they started trying to educate the population, we wouldn't be in the issue we're at now. So a lot of the jobs are just kind of shifting. I'm a little, my concern is what happened to the coal industry is that when you had 30 guys mining a mountain, now they're down to six. Yeah. So oil and gas heads up, automation, technology is where the new jobs are being created. That's all I'm saying is that there are still jobs in coal that you don't see. Yeah. They're just in the offices and clicking and clacking of the keys and, you know, the drones and whatever else it might sure. be, the software. So. Um. Anyway, that's just a little existential, uh, teachable moment here in the on the crude life morning show. Play hard, work hard.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, and I studied the. Uh, I, I got petroleum engineering degree, and I studied like the oil industry uh, in, in college, and that was one of the big pieces, like that they talked about. was all the technology that we developed as the industry that's been gone into, you know, our uh, our culture and society. And the oil industry has really pushed some. Interesting technology. Look in the past. So, um, and even with us, I mean, we we are creating jobs with uh, with these rig ups, and they're higher paying jobs than you know any of the frac uh, the the frac jobs that uh, that we'll lose. So, um,
1: are you all hiring?
2: Yeah, right we're growing really quick right now. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, not for me, but in general. <laughs>
2: no, but yeah. for me. like it's nice
1: to hear. Yeah. No, it sounded sounds like you guys are expanding into new areas. So of course that requires staff and yeah. field folks. So. Well,
2: and as things as things pick up, we're uh, we're increasing the service techs. We got to make sure that we're providing the good quality uh, customer service that we're um, known for, and um, also we're bringing on some uh, business more business development side stuff. And I'm sure we'll need some more um, technology. Um, experience here in the near future too so well how can people get in touch with you give you some business and etc you can find us on linkedin we post uh post our new stuff there so i i uh hinted at some new technology coming out here and when i'm allowed to talk about it uh it'll be posted there uh you can find my contact information there and uh, also trigger energy trigger-energy.com is a way to uh get in touch with all of our shops find phone numbers uh, spell your name Kyle Barnoff. It's K-Y-L-E-B-A-R-N-O-F-F.
1: Awesome. Well, great. It was great to meet you and enjoy the rest of the show.
2: Thank you. You guys too. Thanks for having me.